the Carl B. Phillips Show. Hosted by me, Carl B. Phillips, Uncle Carl. The Carl B. Phillips Show. Get ready for another great conversation on the Carl B. Phillips Show. Welcome to the Carl B. Phillips Show. Today's guest is from Toronto, Ontario. She is a passionate worshiper and artist who has been in the music ministry from the tender age of six years old. She began her journey in a children's choir and has served in ministry ever since then. Her main goal is to impact people with music and draw them closer to the side of the Father. Please welcome Jennifer Lewis. Hey, what's going on? Hello, hello, hello. I'm so honored to be here. Thank you for having me. Oh, it's my pleasure. Um, before we start, I do have a question for you. Which would be more difficult for you to go a week without, a cell phone or a personal vehicle? A cell phone. Because <laughs> <laughs> at least with my cell phone, I could call an Uber to get Right. <laughs> <laughs> that was my answer. Yeah. My cell phone, I can book Uber. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, but I, I need the cell phone. We're, we're both in the same boat on That's that for one. Sure. <laughs> you began your musical journey at six years old. At what age did music ministry become personal for you? I would say around the age of like 17 or 18. Mm -hmm. um, I was at a weird point in my life. I was in high school. I didn't quite fit in in high school. Didn't quite fit in in the church. It was just a weird um, stage for me. But one thing I knew for certain is that I was called to worship. I was called to the office of a Levite. I just didn't understand how to navigate really um, getting my feet planted. <laughs> you know, the, we, we said this is a script. And I like what you just said. You were in a place where you didn't know your role in the church and you didn't know your role in school. Right. For someone that is in that place now, talk about how you navigated through that. To be honest, it did take time. It's not something I didn't just have an aha moment and then all of a sudden I found my footing. It's something that took time and it was development. So when you talk about development, kind of elaborate on what that development was like. Or did you have a mentor or um, a spiritual leader or you just read a bunch of books? How did you develop into that? Honestly, the the... The, and I know it may sound cliche, but literally spending more time in his presence mm -hmm. is what mentored me in even in the gift because I didn't have a mentor. And so a lot of little things like even a stage presence. One time I was leading worship and I got a kind of a glimpse of myself on that time. We didn't we kind of had like these jumbotron screens mm -hmm. and I was like, oh, well, like, why do I look so angry almost? And the <laughs> wow. Holy Spirit like kind of helped me. He's like. Hey, you got to smile. You don't look, you don't even look inviting, you know? So literally spending time just kind of isolated, you know, because I didn't quite fit in actually was a great um, space of time for me to get that mentorship from the Holy Spirit that I needed. So, so, the, so God, God was your mentor. Yes, he was. He was. <laughs> I've never heard it said that way before, but that's yeah. a great way to look at it. God mentored me into this position. Mm -hmm. Which kind of leads into my next question. Uh, you talked a little bit about your early days of singing, but when did you realize that you were gifted to inspire people through your singing? At around, actually, it happened a lot sooner. It happened when I was in children's choir. 
I can remember being like six and seven years old and having to lead with the choir. I, I remember my first solo was People Need the Lord. I don't know if you remember that one. Um, but even at that age, I noticed that any time that I was singing, people would like be responding or they'd be crying or there would be some kind of like emotional response that was triggered. And so I felt like home, that's weird. And it happens when I sing, maybe, maybe there's a gift there, but you know, I just kind of blew it off and uh, <laughs> kept on my way. <laughs> now, in addition to singing, you're also a songwriter. Mm -hmm. Talk about your process for writing songs. Wow. So the process for songwriting for me is a little bit unique. Um, typically it happens in the moment. So I'm a worship leader. So mm -hmm. sometimes that space and time between songs of where we're just kind of singing free flow to the Lord is how I honestly get a majority of my songs. And um, if someone's recording or if there's a live stream or something, I can go back and grab it and then build on it, get the verse, the bridge, whatnot. But a lot of the times the meat of the song comes in those moments of just free worship. I remember, um, I think it was Fred Hammond talked about um, the song, No Weapon Formed Against Me, came out of a sermon that his pastor was preaching. And uh, Jeff Valley talked about the song uh, that he wrote, um, Revelation, where his pastor said, hey, I'm, I'm preaching on this. I need a song. So wow. it's, it's interesting how your songs are birthed out of those kind of moments yeah. of leading praise and worship. Um, the Bible talks about singing to the Lord a new song. A new song. So uh, it, it's just really interesting to me that that's your way of getting the foundation of a song. Yes. Uh, how do you know that you're, and this may sound like a strange question. This isn't one of my prepared questions. <laughs> how do you know that you're hearing from God at that moment? Honestly, I in the moment, I have no doubt. But one of the things that kind of, lets me though know that it's not even me, mm -hmm. that without a recording of some sort, after that moment has passed, I have no recollection of what, what I sang. So if, if I can't find a clip of it or someone didn't have it on their phone or it's not on the stream, it's gone. Wow. It, it's you, really hard to try to relive it. Yeah, because a lot of times uh, in those worship moments, God will speak in a certain way. Like you said, you can't recreate it. The musicians can't recreate right. it. If it's not recorded, uh, it, it, it's hard to recapture. Mm -hmm, exactly. Do you remember the first song you wrote? I do. Yeah. The first one that I wrote was, it was actually Recover was one of the first ones I wrote, like an, a full song. Wow. Yeah. That was one of the first full songs that I ever got. Wow. And yeah, as I told you before the interview, I love Recover. Mm -hmm. <laughs> We're going to talk about that in a little bit more. Uh, outside of music ministry, you're also an ordained minister. Mm -hmm. How do you balance the spoken word ministry along with the music ministry? Well, to be honest, I don't do too much spoken word ministry. <laughs> so when, when I was ordained, I was taking a Bible course at my church at the time. And after graduation, they were like, you know, this specific group, we, we sense the call of God on all of you. We are ordaining you. And I was kind of like, no, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> I'm only taking the courts. <laughs> yeah. I just wanted more knowledge of the word. I, you know, you get, you guys can kind of keep the ordination, but you know what? I see where 
God has now, you know, directed me to be more of like a mentor than like a preacher. And so like smaller groups, one-on-ones with, you know, young ladies in ministry, young people in ministry, it's kind of my speed. And I also do street ministry. Um, so really I'm more of an evangelist than a pastor by definition. Um, because the, 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 I'm just compelled to, to share of the gospel of Jesus Christ through song. You know, you don't hear a lot of ministers talk about street ministry nowadays. Everybody mm-hmm. wants those big platforms. Correct. Like nobody's willing to go out into the street, right. uh, go into the highways and byways, as no. the Bible says. Mm-hmm. Talk a little bit more about your role in street ministry. Well, street ministry, uh, so I call it Worship Without Walls. And um, it's something that was completely outside of my comfort zone, 100%. It's not something that I was like, yeah, I want to do street ministry. Because in my mind, the street ministers that I grew up seeing, they were all kind of wonky. And, you know, they just, <laughs> most of the time they turned more people off. But one one day I was shooting a video for one of my songs called Stay With Us and happened to be outdoors. And while we were shooting the video, there just seemed to be so much interest. Like people just kept flocking to us and they were having experiences with the Holy Spirit. And they were saying, oh, I, I have goosebumps. And they wanted prayer. They wanted to talk about the Lord. They wanted to understand. They wanted some language to kind of match up with the experience that they were having. And the Holy Spirit was like, Jennifer, pay attention. So I was kind of like, pay attention to what? You know, <laughs> what do you mean? And then he said this, I want you to take it outside of the church. So I, I didn't know what I was doing. I just called a church sister of mine and I got a speaker. And a, and a microphone and some tracks. And we literally went out on the corner and I started wow. to sing. And while I was singing, people were coming up and they were crying and they were responding. And then she was trying to pray for them as I was singing. So I realized, oh man, we need a bigger team. So, you know, we mobilized a few people and then weekly I was going out there with them, rain, snow, shine, and just declaring the Lordship of Christ through song. I didn't, wow. I didn't say you need to get saved. I didn't get into all of that. I literally just sang about Jesus and then people were compelled. And then so some other people who are gifted to speak and give the salvation message, we kind of take turns. Somebody would give a message. I would sing. Somebody would testify. I would sing. And honestly, to the glory of God, two, three years later, there's people now on the team who first encountered Christ on the corner. So wow. it's just um, amazing to, to see. And we also handed out Bibles and back to school time. We hand out supplies and things like that. But it's just amazing I had no idea where that would go or how I was even going to do it because it wasn't my speed. It wasn't something that I was, um, you know, trained for either. Mm -hmm. But um, by his help, we just went out there, started worshiping. Uh, The atmosphere was created. People were being healed. People were coming for prayer. And the rest rest is history. (laughs) You know, it's interesting because a lot of times um, when we become artists, Mm -hmm. We're always, as I said before, looking for, upset because we don't have opportunities or we don't have platforms. But through your founding of uh, Worship Without Walls, mm-hmm. you have reached people that may not make it to some of those other platforms. I'm that telling may not you, be in a church, that may not be at a concert. You're so right. Because the truth of the matter is, some of these people, otherwise, they're not coming. Okay, we could go in with our church flyers. They are not coming. And the Mm -hmm. truth of the matter is the call wasn't for them to come. The charge was for us to go. So I'm just so grateful for the harvest that we've seen. I mean, some of them go to church now is what I'm saying. But without that initial investment of actually going to where they are, some of them otherwise would not have come to the knowledge of Christ. Wow, that is so awesome. 
-hmm. not only are you the founder of Worship Without Walls, but you're also the founder of, and I hope I get this right, Naomi Networks. Correct. So it's it's wordplay with the story of Ruth and Naomi. <laughs> okay. Okay. Yeah. And so that is just, you know, it's all about connecting, you know, you know what I'm saying? And and sometimes I feel like females, we have a difficult time connecting. Um, and so I just wanted to do away with the whole, you know, us and them kind of thing. So some of the younger ministers who are in the city, you know, I just let them know, hey, it's, it's nothing too deep. We don't meet every week or anything like that. But I just let them know and let them be aware that they have access. If there's something you want to talk about, if there's if you need support, I am here for you. If you just if you want to talk, you want to pray, you want to you want to share coupons, whatever it is, there is support for you. And then the 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 responsibility of them is also to find another group of younger ones or even their colleagues and be the same type of support, just bridging the gap so that no one is, you know, ultimately walking alone. So are you a coupon queen? <laughs> Listen. <laughs> Listen, I I am price match queen. <laughs> we call we have a thing called price match here. They don't want it with me in the price match. <laughs> <laughs> You'll break out like I got a coupon. Yeah, uh, I, I, I I I I've used coupons in the past, and people will walk the cashiers like, we like men that use coupons. I go, okay, I understand. Yeah. Give me like, my dollar off. <laughs> absolutely. So like, if I see um. I got the little app on my phone too. So if I see the charging on sale, I just send it to my girls. Hey girls, it, you know what I mean? It's not overly deep. We're not, you know, it's not a prayer group, but if someone needs prayer, we'll pray, you know? Wow. That is hilarious. Hmm. What's your favorite medium for keeping up with the news, internet, newspapers, radio, or television? Uh, definitely internet. I don't, I don't watch. T I I don't watch TV. I, I can't remember the last time I actually sat down and watched a television. It's interesting that you would say that because our, we're now in a generation that we rather sit and look at a little small screen than look at a big screen. Yeah, it's yeah. true. Yeah, that that that's <laughs> interesting that you would say. <laughs> you know what I think it is? I think it's because the cell phone. It's mobile, right? Yeah. And so if you're watching TV, you got to be intentional. You got to sit down. You got to. Versus the cell phone, you can kind of bring it with you and, you know. Yeah, like, like for me, watching TV means, like you said, I got to sit still. I got to sit in the chair. And I find myself multitasking anyway. Exactly. It's, it's hard. Like I'm, I'm watching TV, but I'm on my cell phone at the same time because I want to see what, what's going on. What's really going on. <laughs> <laughs> Your ministry has taken you to several international countries. Yeah. What is it like ministering in another country? Honestly, it is, well, in, in, in Africa per, specifically, it's, it's like, not that I'm not celebrated in North America, but in parts of Africa, it's like, they just, they're just soaking it all in. I mean, you literally sing one note and there's people, ah, <laughs> you know, they're really, really receptive. And, um, I can remember this past March, I was in Kenya and uh, that, that date is like forever etched in my mind because I don't think I remember a time where the weight of his presence was ever that heavy. Wow. I mean, there wasn't one person standing in the room. A after a while, there was just bodies laying face first. Like everybody was down. The whole program was just shut down and the weight of his the presence was just like nothing I've ever experienced. 
And I think it's a combination of people just really coming with reverence and expectancy. Wow. Um, and so there was none of this whole, you know, sometimes North American warm up that you have to do. No, the people came in with this sincere reverence and absolute abundant expectation to what was going to happen in his presence. I think you bring up an interesting point because like you said, the Western civilization, we're so prone to, you gonna work me into a frenzy. Oh yeah. I'm gonna sit here while you, while, uh, while, while you, you, work. you take me there, while you work. Yeah. Um, uh, one of the things I teach my praise team, you have to learn how to take people from where they are to where you are. Yeah. From what you're saying in, in those other countries, they come in already where you are. Precisely. Yeah. So I noticed that whole journey that we do as worship leaders, sometimes it was it was not necessary or needed at all because people came in absolutely already drenched in his presence. You could tell that they were spending time all week or all day. Uh, talk a little bit about what the gospel scene is like in Toronto. I remember years ago, um, one of my pastor friends, he took a bus of his singers up to Toronto and we just churched all night. Mm -hmm. Talk a little bit about what the gospel music scene is like in Toronto now. Well, now post pandemic, it's a little different. You know what I mean? I think that people are still transitioning out of that whole isolation piece. Cause I noticed like some of the events that we've had lately, they've not been full, you know, it's like, People are still trying to get out of the whole isolation piece and get back into really gathering together. The community in Toronto, I don't, I personally don't think it's very large. You know, I could be wrong, but there are some amazing, amazing gifts in this region. That is for sure. And I, I feel like any given church that you go into on a Sunday could potentially even feel like a concert because there's so many gifted people. Are there outlets in Toronto for those gifted people? Um, you know, you, you talk about some concerts and church services. Are there other outlets that you have in the area? There are. I mean, the concerts, but like I said, sometimes if it's even if it's a local concert, sometimes it's not that well attended. But there's a lot, and I think I think we're a little bit spoiled. I think the truth of the matter is, so there's so many gifted people where it's just like, <laughs> eh, you know, eh. <laughs> That's how we are. I'm from Detroit, Michigan. So that's how we are. You know, oh, I can go over here to, you know, Karen Clark on a Sunday morning or I can go to a church and hear Kirk Franklin. So you you do get yeah. spoiled. Yeah, you, know? you do get a little bit spoiled. So like yeah. I find in the surrounding areas, like when we go, if we travel, like I traveled outside to like Hamilton last week and just the outskirts, I find there's a little bit more of an excitement there um, because the, the giftings there are a little bit scarcer. Well, you know, the Bible talks about... Um, a man is without honor in his own town. That's correct. So, you know, it's like, okay, uh, that's just Carl. We, we, we hear yeah, him all exactly. the time. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> and so, if I, to be honest, I, I laugh and I think to myself, man, if I did a concert, um, I don't even know who would come because they hear me every week. <laughs> <laughs> but if I do it out of town, they'll be there. Let's talk about my jam, the remix of Recovered. Mm -hmm. What is the story behind that song? Wow. So that that's my breakout song. And I released it in 2019. It was like one of the first singles I released. And I was coming out of a really dark season. I had I had been really ill. Uh, I mean, I mean, ill to the point where sick pretty much almost unto death. 
And, you know, doctors were confused about what was wrong with me. There was just so much going on. Wasn't really sure um, how to navigate that season. And um, I, I said to my pastor at the time, I said, you know what? I'm done. I'm suffering and I'm still pouring out every week. I'm done. I don't know if God's even hearing me. Um, my pastor wouldn't take no for an answer. And one day as he was praying on stage, the song literally just starts to boil, like bubble out of me. And just like the scripture says, he sings over a songs of deliverance. The Holy Spirit was singing that song over me and through me. And the very first voice note I took of that song, you could hear my apostle praying in the background. I'm telling you, it was in the moment. Wow. And yeah. I felt like, okay, this song is incomplete, but the Lord told me, release it how you heard it. And I did just that. And it took off. Like it, it just, it really went viral, especially like in Africa and stuff. It, it won some awards over there and whatnot, but the song is very long. So I said, you know what? I want to redo it, give it an, just a, a little bit more life, cut it down a little bit so that it's okay for radio. And that's how we came to the radio edit of Recover. It's been an anthem. When I was in Jamaica, even in the banks, they were playing it. Like, you know how they play regular music? They were playing my song. I was like, <laughs> but we in the bank, you know what I mean? Wow. And so in a lot of areas outside of Canada, it has definitely been in heavy rotation. And I'm just grateful for the opportunity to just give it a fresh face and give it new life. Now, for the re-release, you partnered with my friend, Sean Cotterell. And the music label Impact Gospel Recording. Yes, sir. What has that partnership been like? It's been amazing. You know, because as a Canadian artist, I find that my reach was not necessarily going south to like the U.S., but it was going to like Africa and the Caribbean. I didn't really have much of a presence uh, south of the border. So this partnership has definitely brought my music to the a little bit more to the forefront as it relates to the U.S. market, which I think is great. Sean is such a great, great person. He really is. He, consistent guy. Consistent. Yeah, very consistent. I said, yes. I've, I've known him for, for several, I don't, I don't remember how we met. I've known him that long. Wow. <laughs> Here's a challenge. Sing a couple of notes of recovered for me. Sure. I recover it all. Everything God promised me, I recover it all. Lost time and energy, I recover it all. Purpose and destiny, I recover it all. Yes, I, I am. Recover it all. Yeah, that time is my testimony. <laughs> that is so awesome. Thank How God. can people follow you on social media? You can find me on Instagram, Jennifer Lewin underscore official. You can find me on Facebook and on YouTube, Jennifer Lewin Music. There's lots of music there for you to enjoy. Original stuff, praise and worship. It's all there. If there's someone who's lost it all, mm -hmm. in about less than a minute, tell them how they can recover it all. Wow. Honestly, the majority of us coming out of a pandemic have somehow, some way lost something. You know what I'm saying? There's been a loss of finances, health. Some people have lost their jobs, lost relationships. There's been so much. But honestly, I want to encourage you today. Just like when David seemed to have lost everything, his enemies ransacked his armies. Everything was taken from him. When he went to the Lord and said, what should I do? God said to him, pursue, overtake, and recover it all. So I want to encourage you today. Don't just sit there. Don't just play dead. 
pursue? What is it that you lost? What is What dream have you had in your heart that you have not yet accomplished? Hear the word of the Lord today. He says to pursue, go for it. Don't just sit there. Don't play dead. And as you pursue and as you overtake, he will give you the grace to recover it all. You know, if, if I was in a, a, a sanctified church right now, I'll just tell the <laughs> organist to just play some yes. pop music right off of that. <laughs> and it's part, honestly a part, a major part of our, of our recovery is actually doing something. Pursuing. You're doing it's something. actually pursuing. If it's like, what is it that you need? You you really have to put some action behind it. The scripture says that faith without what? Works, works is dead. So if we are doing, if we're just laying down and playing dead, the enemy will rejoice over us. God forbid. But we have to make a decision to actually get up. What is it that I'm going after? What is it that I'm in need of? And actually make a move. And as we make that move, he'll attach his grace to it. And then we'll see the turnaround that we're looking for. So now, are you sure you're not an evangelist? Because <laughs> <laughs> you just preach a real quick sermon. <laughs> oh, yeah, you're right. It's, no, no, I'm an evangelist, not a pastor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I want to thank you so much for this time and this opportunity to speak with you. Thank you so much. Uh, again, you've been listening to the Carl B. Phillips Show with my guest out of Toronto, Ontario, Jennifer Lewin. Make sure you download her music, Recovered. Make yes. sure you follow her on social media. And just as a reminder, remember to work like you don't need the money, love like you've never been hurt, and dance like no one's watching you. God bless until we meet again. The Carl B. Phillips Show. Thank you for listening to The Carl B. Phillips Show. For more information, go to carlbphillips.com. The Carl B. Phillips Show. Follow Carl B. Phillips on Instagram so we can stay in contact with each other.